So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire. Uh, Dave, Hallelujah! It is just you and I this <laughs> evening. I am uh, unfortunately in charge of buttons and computers as Carmen. Oh boy! Vacation somewhere tropical or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, we're, we're in mean, trouble. Do you think Carmen made the right move, fleeing the city? <laughs> you know, just uh, in time. <laughs> well, I did just get back from vacation, so I oh. can't, can't complain. Oh. I got so to, it's only me who's yeah. the. <laughs> You've been busy working. I've seen some tweets and uh, some some good stuff happening on your front. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I caught some fish. Nice. Uh, some some spot tail or they call it drum redfish. I don't know. It's a lot of different names for the same fish. Very nice. Um, scored and then believe it or not, there are waves at Folly Beach because of uh, Hurricane Fiona. Whoa! And I feel really old and out of shape, but uh, there were. <laughs> absolutely perfect waves coming in on the east coast which for those of you out there dear podcast listeners who don't know mikey dobbs is an avid surfer he can really ride the wave uh it's been a while and the older i get the harder it becomes to say i'm avid (laughs) fair (laughs) that's true of it all right uh but uh i think we've got some uh, audio playing in the background here let me pause that uh as we get going here and Mm-hmm. We've got a four game recap, Dave. So we have been slacking a little bit. We've got uh, a loss against. Yeah, it's been forever. A loss against Portland. Yep. Two uh, to one. A home game. Uh, that Portland game was on the road. Yep. We lost to, or sorry, we won against Toronto four to two. You and I yep. were at that game. Uh, a fun game to be at a, a high scoring game and mm-hmm. that in our favor. Uh, we beat our friends down in Orlando, which is always a bonus, <laughs> no matter goodness. what. One, one nothing. Oh, and, the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, and then we hosted uh, Philadelphia for right. a, a very important match that didn't go our way. Uh, we, nope. It looked like uh, the second half particularly, we had some really good opportunities on frame, but couldn't close the deal and get an important three points to really keep any chance of a, a playoff berth. Yeah, it uh, looked like we might do it, but we didn't. No, so <laughs> that that leaves us very, very much on the outside looking in statistically, as you yep. pointed out. Uh, we can pretty much. I'll go through that maybe after we go through the games. Yeah, so. you know, do some some different types of uh, Vegas parlaying, but it doesn't look good. Yep, I don't even know what that means because I've never gambled. I've never been a sports gambler. No, neither have I. I like gambling like blackjack and mm, yeah. and craps and stuff like that, but uh, sports betting like. I don't know. That's just. I like a, going with my friends to gamble. I get the free drinks. Yeah. Does that count? It does. <laughs> that's, that's half. That's half. You know. I also like the shows. It's half the fun. I mean, just going to watch mm. people play craps is fun. Yeah. Um, you don't have enough. to play. Just have have some beers. Um. So yeah, what do you want to get into first? Right. So we're just at this point praying for the chips to fall in the right place. Well, not possible, but possible. 
it looks like maybe we won't have a real fire here at ATL on Fire, which is a little <laughs> Not unless we make the playoffs, which doesn't look promising. So, Portland, what, what are your quick well, thoughts on that first let's loss? start. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I've if gone right through it. Gone right through it. We have a Hess Select. <laughs> I think we've had this before. No? Oh, yeah, I brought it more recently, and it started our upswing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a <laughs> not that we're superstitious here on the fire. Yeah, but a Hess Select is a super solid cab. Uh, yeah, it? it's terrific. 2018. And, it, you know, we were. I was bringing some fancy Barolos and some other things. I kept changing it up. We kept losing. And then finally I brought the Hess and we won. So here it is, Mikey Dobbs well, Hess again. Cheers. <laughs> Those who think that the wine ringing is random. <laughs> so I have a stat that I'd like to start with, with uh, okay. Atlanta versus Portland. Hit me. Okay, so do you know how many penalty kicks Portland has had this season? Oh, boy. Let's go with seven. That's, uh, you know, in the ballpark, um, they've actually had 11. Okay. 11 penalty kicks, 10 of which they've converted, which just brings us to our beloved Atlanta United. How many penalty kicks has Atlanta United had? I feel like we've had a good number as well. I'm going to put it in, since you said there was 11 for Portland, I'm going to throw our number out there at 12. Okay, the answer is two. We've only had two penalty kicks all season? As of the Portland match. They had 11, no. and we've had two, one of which we converted, and the other one we didn't convert. We've sure had that's right? Yeah, we've had a penalty subsequent to that. But at, in that game, they brought it up, you know, because uh, I was listening to it on the radio, and I checked it. Wow. It's all right. So, uh, you know, Portland scored on a penalty kick in that game, you know, and they beat us. Um, they've converted 10 out of 11. So we have – Was that – sorry, just to clarify, was that two – Heading into the Portland game or current? Uh, that includes the Portland game. That includes yeah. the Portland but game. Not a, the, but the, not the subsequent. Not the, yeah, because okay. right. we got one more penalty, which Araujo missed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we, so and, now we're one for three. Call that one real-time. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't want to talk about that. We're just trying to ignore that one. Thanks for okay. bringing it up, Mike yeah, Dobbs. You're welcome. So we're now one for three. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? I find this to be an incredibly damning stat, right? Because... If you have um, Araujo and you have Almada and you have Martinez, right, and you have Moreno, right, what? and you're going through the middle like you should be doing, and they're dribbling in the penalty areas, we should be towards the top of the league. You know where we were in the league going into that game? Uh, I don't recall. That's last. Yeah. Two penalty kicks was good enough for last. Oh, as far as penalties, yeah. That, yeah, in terms certainly, of Yeah, having two, yeah. that certainly sounds like we'd be yeah. last or last. tied with last. How yeah. can this team be last with the kind of dribblers we have, That's, Mikey Dobbs? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a totally, you know, there's sometimes these stats that just jump out at you that say, like, we're going about it the wrong way. Because so, if even if you're doing anything right, even if we're playing crappy football, you would think occasionally one of those guys would run in the box and get so fouled. Explain this to all the fans out there that say, it's just the players not mm -hmm. getting it done, or it's the players that just don't have the talent right now on the field, mm -hmm. regardless of talent, right? Like even to increase that stat, depending if you, if you're going to play the aggressive soccer, Atlanta United is wanting to brand itself as <laughs> right. You need to get that stat up, right? And so that's an that's an indication of what? Like, what is the coach getting wrong there? It's an indication of you not being. 
you know, in their penalty area a lot. And you know what's interesting is so Atlanta United has, I think, I'm not sure if it's true still, but for a little while, I was the last couple of league games, we were leading the league in shots. Um, and we were creating all kinds of, you know, we had a lot of crosses, right? And it just says we're shooting from outside the box. We're crossing from, from outside the box. And nobody's penetrating into the box, either dribble or passing. That's how you get the penalty kicks. Yeah. You don't get penalty kicks if you're shooting from long distance. Right. So, to me, that is an incredibly... Um, sad. Incredibly it's a, it's sad. <laughs> it's, it's discouraging and sad. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. What else you got from Portland? Well, you know, I don't want to say that much about it. The only other thing I have is that, you know, we're one down, um, you know, I don't know, I think it was like the 60th or 70th minute, somewhere in there. The substitution, Mikey Dobbs. Um, who do you want to bring on for a bar in that case? So you're bringing off a defensive midfielder. Are we losing at this point? Yeah, we're losing yeah. one nothing. Who are you going to bring on? Uh, a Barra... Is on the field, you're saying, mm-hmm. and who we're going to bring on to. Well, you know, you certainly would want Moreno, I think, if you're looking at pure attacking. And as a second choice, I would go Josetu. But um, yeah, I would have said Moreno. <laughs> but Moreno is my first choice, right? I yeah. mean, the guy. You want to know who he, who he brought on for Ibarra? Uh, I think Amar Sedic started that game, so I'm not sure that he came on, right? Or did he bring Amar Sedic in? He brought on Amar Sedic. Yeah. That was the beginning yeah. of his run. Okay, well, but why do you bring in a Marcetic well, who hasn't scored a goal all all year when you're down one nothing? I, I first, oh, I have no idea. You know my feelings <laughs> on a Marcetic, but I will say at least you know out of the picks, like his better traits are at least going forward. Yeah, uh, doesn't play defense worth a lick. Um, <laughs> yeah, his defense you know, is terrible. Even had a good shot in that Philadelphia game, but mm-hmm. um, you know didn't didn't doesn't get it done. Stats right. are stats, right? So yeah, why do you put him in? I don't know, especially when you have the guy who is our leading scorer, right? And actually, I can jump to another note that leading I... Leading scorer and our most fouled player, <laughs> who all of a sudden... Well, I was going to say, he was a leading scorer, certainly over the first third of the season. Who but, all of a sudden just stopped getting playing time. I don't get it. Yes, yeah, so this is... Um, For a Marcetic. Crazy. Yes. Um trying to find yeah so like, unless there's something going on behind the scenes where moreno is mm-hmm. boink somebody's wife or something <laughs> right. i don't know like what's the reason because it's again the stubbornness from pineda the same way he's been stubborn to start joseph martinez like he's he's got he you know give him credit he's sticking to whatever is in his head but it's not consistent up until the last you know Last three games, three games, we'll get to in a minute. But, which we'll get to, but it's the wrong formula. I think this is perhaps, I'm going to go even further than you, and say this is perhaps the greatest evidence of Pineda's incompetence, right? And, and, this, and, and I'm going to go with it. It has to be incompetence, right? Because during the early part of the season, there was only one player who was ever present. Right, who played every single game, right? And that was Moreno. He was the leading in minutes or whatever. And, and Alan Franco. Probably. Yeah, and Pineda literally wouldn't sub him off the field, and he led the team in minutes by far. He was yeah. even above Alan sure. Franco, right? And now in the final third of the season, Pineda literally won't put him on the field, period. Right. Right? So what in the world, barring you know right. what you just said could have possibly justified such a wild swing in such a short period of time 
I, you know, I don't know. You would have to think, right? He's seeing something at practice, right? And Pineda is so on to this, you know, passion and da da da. And maybe there's something missing from Moreno from a practice standpoint. I, I don't know. Like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm just itching. At but if what you, it could something be. was missing in practice, you know, how could he be playing every single minute over the first third? Like it, it was there in practice and then it stopped. That's weird. It's, it's very one weird. thing, you it's know. It's very weird. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing sometimes to go the opposite way. You're like, the guy's not doing it in practice and he's starting to play better. You give him a chance, he, you know, succeeds and then whatever. But when you're playing him all the time and he's actually scoring, right, <laughs> more than anybody else. We're not scoring a ton of goals, but more than anybody else. I, you know, it seems like it's just wildly flailing about, right? And I feel like, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but, you know, if you quote-unquote fix something, which some people think maybe Pineda has over the next three games, we'll get to those lineups, but you don't really know why or what it is that you fixed, right? Then it's not going to stay fixed for long, like he does. Like, because... Yeah. So I don't I, I don't understand that, right? I don't understand when you're down one nothing, bringing on Sadik, who hasn't scored a goal, and leaving Moreno on the bench, who has scored goals. And I don't understand how the guy is playing every minute in the first third of the season and can't get on the field at all. I mean, the Moreno not starting and Amar Sadik starting has literally made me mad. Like I haven't gone, I've never gone after coaching like that that whole thing is just because even if you say like all right let's say he's just sloughing off in practice right and he's just not doing well and you're just like and you think or maybe you think Sadich is doing so much better in practice or whatever you still got to think all right so he's still part of your squad right and even if the guy's like that you're like look dude until you start playing whatever i'm not putting you in the starting lineup no way that's your punishment right but you're still gonna even in that case you're still, if he can score a goal, you're still going to throw him on with 20 minutes left in the right. game and see if he can get a goal, right? Yeah. There's no reason not to do that. You're not sending the wrong message by doing that because you're still sending the message. You're not starting him. You're like, right. I'm never going to start you until you play well. I truly do not get it. Like, it's been one of my biggest pet peeves of the last, you know, what, what, how many how many games has it been? Since even before the Portland game, though, Moreno was getting benched, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit before that. He's, I mean, it's the last third of the season. He hasn't seen the field, Yeah, period. Um, and I'm like, what happened? And, you know, it just speaks of a coach who doesn't really know what it is he wants, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, Moreno is an extremely talented player. You, you have to put him in the top five all uh, of all the players in the field that ha- are, have true skill set, right? Sure. Um, you know, there's parts of his game that can be frustrating, but particularly towards the end of the season when we started getting healthy again, you got Sosa back and, you know, you've got the option to bring in Joseph on as a starter. You've got Almada and Araujo. Oh, my goodness. Like, how do you not figure out a way to get that guy in the field as well? And, you know, I, I get it. Like, you don't want people clogging other people's spaces, but – you started to see Pineda play Araujo out left on his natural left, and you could play Moreno out on his natural right. Again, that leaves Almada in the center. I mean, you're not playing Joseph up front, even though you should be. But even even with those three, you got Araujo and Moreno as true forwards, and you know hopefully Joseph is a striker, and Almada coming in right behind them. Again, that's your mama. 
Okay, well, that takes us. Let's maybe let's skip to the next game then, yeah. and the the ever present lineup now. So for the first time all season, we've gone three consecutive games with the same lineup. Right? It's Godinho in goal. It's Raúl Hernández um, at right back. Um, Parata and Franco in the middle. Gutman oh. on the left. Eros Compoyo, man, that was Portland. Yes. Yeah. So we 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 jumped past that. Sorry. So yes, that is the time when, and I'm yep. sure Joseph probably is feeling it too. It's time to flip the table and ask, <laughs> why are we being fed this right. chicken and rice? Right. And so for those who don't know exactly, it's being called the Aros Compoyo incident. Right. So after the game, Joseph Martinez loses his mind and goes into the you know the dressing room or the whatever area and. He flips over the table of food with all the rice and whatever, and that's the last draw for Pineda. He's yelling at him. Martinez is yelling back, and Pineda suspends him for a game. Yeah. And again, you know, you're looking at Joseph Martinez, the guy that they want to, want to talk about putting a statue outside of the stadium, and during the most important stretch of games, you don't even give that guy a chance. And we talked about that before. You don't give him a chance to say, hey, you are – the unquestionable captain and leader of this team in terms of your name, your number, your history, and you're supposedly fit too, right? Like, you know, he's saying, you know, I'm putting in extra time after practice. I can go 90 minutes. Yep. People say, oh, he can't go 90 minutes. Well, I'd rather see him get the opportunity when at that point in the season, you know, Cisneros wasn't like crushing it by any means. Right. Uh, it, it, it again is one of those things you could see why it boiled over into maybe Martinez saying, Hey, why are you starting me over Cisneros, a guy who's totally not proven, a guy that, you know, is not the, the name behind the franchise. And you've got Moreno, who you started all season. He's also being mentioned. Probably all this stuff is going through Joseph's head. Yeah, so I have to to point out that so so you know I was criticizing that sub right because that's the first sub they're down one nothing critical moment and he brings on Sadich which I just scratching my head about um, after that Portland scores again to make it two nil he does then bring on Moreno and Martinez and we score Mikey yes <laughs> in the eighty eighth minute right I mean Martinez you know, has had a habit now coming off the bench. He's scoring pretty regularly, yeah. right? Which <laughs> means maybe he could still score. Right. And then, but all the, the the other people out there are saying, oh, well, maybe it's because he's coming on in the 70th minute and doesn't still doesn't have the wheels to go 90 minutes and Pineda's a genius. Probably not. I think not. I think not too. <laughs> all right. I'd so. rather see him go 70 minutes and then pull him off and give a Cisneros or Dom Dwyer try, which makes a hell of a lot more sense. So, okay. So let's go with our, what we're calling now the magic lineup since we've stuck with it for three games and yeah. Pineda says this, you know, he's got it which, all. Which, by the way, I loved out of the back. Yeah. So, uh, so Godinho in goal, Hernandez at right back, Parata and Franco in the middle and Gutman out left. Which, yep. as we're talking about, that was our starting we talked to, uh, go from the beginning. Rewind, people. We love that back line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I think the, there's, two, there's two big changes here, right? So one is Rios Novo. God bless. Um, we, you know, we were calling on for ages to switch. He finally made the switch. And, you know, he made the switch, and a lot of things have changed, even just in the goalkeeping, right? So 
you know, probably actually, if you look at the last three games and some of the modest success we've had, some of it you can literally just pin on switching the goalkeeper. Yeah. Right? We stopped giving up some crappy goals. And, right? and you can see it. I mean, even as a fan, like just seeing a guy that's 6'4 in goal, like I just am like, <sighs> yeah, it's just a little bit, better. it's a little bit of a, you know, it's like he's not, they're not going to score so easily on a free kick or a cross. Yeah. And I'll get to one play. We won't show the highlight, but where, Rios Nova would never make the play, and Godinho makes a, a, a terrific play. But anyway, let's keep going through the lineup, right? So he's playing three in the center of the midfield, I think sort of in a diamond. Sosa is at the base of the diamond or, or the defensive midfield. And then the front two are Sadich and Almada. We all know what you feel about Sadich. And then he has wingers. So he has Brooks Lennon, and he has Araujo, who's been more or less... Um, no longer inverted, which I don't know if we've mentioned that over the course of the podcast, Mikey Dobbs. Have yeah. we mentioned that? We've talked <laughs> excessively at the beginning of the season in the first many episodes right. about why not put Aries on his natural left? We said, okay, why play Rios Novo? It should be Godinho. We said Hernandez, the only guy who defends, and we'll get back to it in a second. He should be there instead of Brooks Lennon. We said Araujo should be out left. He is. And we said we absolutely need to have Sosa back, which we finally have gotten back. Yep. And that's not Benita's fault. He was yeah, injured right. or whatever. Um, and maybe, then Maybe. I don't know. Like I still would have <laughs> rather seen Sosa earlier because yeah. I still argue if he's on the bench. Yeah. If any player in any league is on somebody's bench, that yeah. means they're capable of playing. Yeah. Which means you're being overly conservative at a critical point in the season when we needed minutes from Sosa. So yeah. I still think that's a mistake too. I don't care what anyone says. Should have seen Sosa at, in critical games, Dave. And we said, or I said, that Dom Dwyer could score during the year. But I said if we ever... I didn't believe that, but yes. I and, proven wrong. And I said if we ever started him continuously, we were in big trouble. So he's been the starter. Yeah, but everybody else can say, Dave, didn't we win during that stretch? I know, that's what I'm saying. You know, maybe I was wrong about that. But what, I, what I'll point out, though, is when he started in all these games, he hasn't scored. Right. <laughs> so... Um, and that's a real problem in this type of team. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not good. I mean, you don't want to have a striker well, who's starting and doesn't score. It's it's one thing if he's starting, right, Dave, yeah. and other people around him are scoring buckets of goals. Means he's got if he's got good movement and he's creating for them, mm -hmm. and we score like three, four goals a game, right? Like I'm okay with that, right? Yeah, like that's a good formula. But if we're like just squeaking by with a goal and and you know. Getting kind of meh wins. Yep. It's not the formula. So we score Parata in the air, 47th minute. They return and score in the 52nd minute. We score Parata again through the air in the 62nd minute. They score back in the 67th minute. I, we, we can't hold the lead for it. So we yeah. go, so we just swap two goals, right? And then Almada breaks the deadlock with an absolute unbelievable goal right yeah you know, he's dribbling towards the top of the box and he just hits a cannon right in the top corner right so we go up in the 74th minute okay and then we ultimately parata on the third headed goal scores in the 88th minute i want to set that that tone up because i'm going to come back to it in just a second right um and which game is this the this toronto, is toronto. Game? we okay. went four to two okay so let's see if we can pull up the photos Oh, you won photos. Yeah. All right, look at you. 
We have a new segment on the podcast that we're trying. So Mikey Dawes and I were at the stadium, and I have often said that, you know, in the highlight package on the film, you can only see a certain amount of the, the field. So, you know, I figured, okay, I'm going to pull out my cell phone and take some wide-angle photos, right? Um, and, you know, hopefully you can see it a little better than we can. If not, we'll try to set the stage. Um, so here, the first photo is actually the kickoff, Right. And Toronto <laughs> is in an absolutely very, very clear 4-3-3 um, with Bradley sitting at the base of their defensive midfield. When you look at our kickoff, <laughs> um, now granted we're doing our silly kickoff play, but just to say, if you want to say, a lot of times when you freeze the kickoff, you can see what formation the team is playing, right? Yeah. So we have four players along the center field line. So technically it looks like we're playing four up top. We have two players behind that on the right. We have one player on the left, but he's not actually in line with that. And we have two guys, center backs, playing all the way in the back, standing by themselves, right? So it looks like a 2-1-2-4 Mikey Dobbs. <laughs> yeah i mean it just hit like right off the bat i had to point I, that I, out i'm I, like again if a transition play they play deep ball or bump it up to midfield and they turn and attack we got we got three v2 or four v2 yeah. yeah all right so we start there the second um photo um let's see if we can pull this up because there's is this it yeah Tell me. No, that's not it. We've had some trouble with getting these in the order. Is that it there? That's yeah. it right there. That's it right there. Okay, beautiful. So in this clip, um, Toronto has the ball left back, right? And they're trying to play out of the back. And... Um, All right. And the good news is, Mikey Dobbs, we clearly have three in the back. And this is the first thing that I wanted to point out on a positive note, right? So since we've been playing Hernandez at right back, he doesn't get forward nearly as recklessly. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's being coached or I think it's probably just him because he does sometimes, and you're just gonna, I'm going to show you in a minute that he does sometimes do it, but he's not as reckless about it. And so here he's... Not as, as actually, in this case, it's, it's Gutman who's back. But anyway, there's three guys in the back this time. So we don't have our crazy two. Yeah, but Hernandez is the furthest back on the right here on the screen, right? I think that's actually Parata and Franco. Okay. And, 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 and that's um, Gutman at left back. Okay. Um, but in any case, the bad news is, right, with all of that, we have three guys back, right? Um and as you can see, we're really, really trying to press. We got two, three guys around the ball, and we're trying to win the ball back, right? If you notice in the bottom middle of your screen, Mikey Dobbs, there are two Toronto players. Are there anybody anywhere close to them? No, Gutman is not out wide <laughs> right. on his guy. He's Because uh, you know, we, we'd have 2v1 if you left the center guy available there. If Gutman just would yeah. get out a little wider there, I think we'd be better off, right? So you cannot press unless you have it matched up out of the back, right? And we do not have it matched up out of the back. So even when we have three guys back, we cannot win the ball up the field because we don't have that matched up. Anybody can play either one of those guys, and they have an easy outlet. They have all day to turn, right? What's up with that? Okay. 
All right, let's go to photo, the next photo. Um, That's not it. One second. Sorry again for the out of order. Let's look at the screen. Here we go. Um, That's not the one. Oh, I think you just had it. No, you went too far. Two back. There we go. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So, um, we're now trying to play out of the back. And again, I think Mike Dobbs, us, we're going to have a hard time seeing this. But um, what I want to point out is this is the classic. So, we got two guys in the back. They're absolutely uh, on an island. Right. And the wing backs are they act they're they're so all the way up the field. So Gutman and, and Hernandez are all the way up by midfield. And are they open? No. <laughs> um and and if you notice this, if you contrast this, right, Toronto has a back four. They have two defensive midfielders who are matched up, who are making it hard for us to get up the field. They've shut down all of the obvious options, right? I mean, if you just look at this formation, you say, look, Toronto may or may not be uh, a great team, right? But <laughs> they've got it all <laughs> sorted out, right? I mean, it's it's clear that they're well coached, right? Um, they've made it really, really hard. They have all the passing lanes shut down, right? And my point again being, this is an example where we've left two on the island in the back. We've bombed the guys out wide. And for what? They're not even open. Yep. I mean, they're not even remotely open. All right, let's go to the next one. What's um, it look like? Here, look at my screen here. Come on. Let me pull it up. Sorry. I'm having to go back and forth. All right, so it's nope. Um, nope. 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 We're, we're searching. There it is. There it is. There it is. There we go. And so in this photo, um, uh, we're trying to play through the midfield, right? Um, and Gutman has run up the field. And, you know, I think what's interesting is that since he started playing Hernandez on the right back, Hernandez tends to stay back a little bit and Gutman's gone forward. And it's been a little bit more unpredictable because Gutman has actually had a little bit of a free reign and has gone through the middle and done some other things. But in this case, Gutman has absolutely run into a useless space right in the middle. And the guy all the way down at the bottom of the screen for us is actually Almada, who's cleverly um, stuck out right uh he snuck out on the wide part but we're all the way in the middle and we don't have any options again mikey Dobbs. all our but you know we got we still got two guys on the back and we don't have any options to play to so all this great bombing forward we have no options to play to and and the ball is in the middle of the field if we turn the ball over on this there is no chance that they're not going to get a counterattack. i mean it's just horrible Mm. um you can see actually you know there's only one atlanta united player on our half of the field he's by himself and that's um right so if you make franco and parata has just played it back to him any sort of mistake going forward it's just 
any mistake. Floodgates open. And you can see Toronto is in the absolute clear 4-3-3 again. They're really organized, right? We don't ever look organized right, like that. And it's, it, you know, it's not because we're not defensively organized. It's just because when you send those guys forward, then it's hard to get back into that shape, right? And so we're sacrificing that in order to have this awesome dynamic offense. But are we scoring goals out of it? In this game, 4-2. to two. Well, yeah, in this game, we scored 4-2. to two, but In this I- game, 4-2. to two. So I also think, when I, when I went back and looked at the replay of this game, Dave, yeah. we kind of got a little lucky. I mean, there, was some, oh there were some chances well, that Toronto it. that Toronto had. If you guys go back, just watch the YouTube highlights of this game, you're like, oh, man, that game could have been a lot closer than it was uh, because there were some, some bad, bad defensive moments. Okay, so let's go to the next one. All right. I'll tell you which one it is. Uh, nope. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Go back. Go back. I'm going back, people. <laughs> no, go forward. Yeah. That's okay. It. That's it. Yeah. There we go. So we have uh, all 10 of our players in their half. We've got two guys back again. And the closest player to them is Sosa, who's a good 30 yards up the field. Right? Um. Both our center backs are basically within the width of the center circle, right? I mean, you might as well, you know, the supporter section probably should wave a flag when we're on attack that says, here comes the counterattack, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's absolutely astonishing. All right, let's go forward one more. Um, Chuck E. Cheese. Budweiser. Yeah, this one. That's this it. is it? Yep, you got it. So, I'm calling it up too so I can see better. But this is a corner kick? What's it is on? a yeah. corner kick. And I want to show you. So, this is our offensive play on the corner kick. And, you know, we've been scoring well in corner kicks. So, it, it, it's working or whatever. But, so, we have um, three guys outside the box. But, really, there's only there's two at the top of the box. Right. Um, we have eight players, no, seven players inside the box. Right. But, and we have one, one player back. Do you know who's back, Mikey Dobbs? I'm assuming it's Franco or Parata, but I can't no, really No, because they're in the box scoring goals. Oh, yeah. So who's back? A Marcetic problem. It's a Marcetic. Amazing, yeah. The <laughs> one guy standing on an island is the guy who absolutely can't defend. Yeah, so if really. you can get out of the box against us, right, you can get some yeah. players out and running. Do we have a chance of defending that? Yeah. I can just see him now bouncing around, like, just on his toes. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm ready, coach. I'm, I'm ready, ready, coach. Put me in. Put me in, coach. I got it. <laughs> ready. Um, All right. Next photo. Yeah, I mean, what do we got here? Make sure it's right. Looks like we're about to to press the ball forward here. Uh, yes, so <laughs> we're building out of the back, and and I don't know whether I'm just beating a dead horse here, but so um, you can see the the outside backs. Hernandez is all the way up just underneath the, the 1647, right in front of our bench. 
Uh, Gutman is sprinting forward at the bottom of the screen. We got our two guys back. And in this case, there's, again, our center two back are back, and Sosa's a little bit in front of them. But I just wanted to point out that it, the white jerseys, there's one, two, three, four, five, six that are trying to defend that initial ball out, right? They are daring Parata or Franco to make a mistake because they're like, if you make a mistake, we're about to break on you 6v3 or 6v2. Yeah. Which at this level, by the way, should not happen, first off. Yeah, but why take that chance? Well, hold on. Hold on, Dave. (laughs) Just hang on a second. You mean to tell me there shouldn't be something open behind this press that really is not a press, right? Because there's no pressure if, if that's Parata or Hernandez. I think yep. it's Parata. There's no press. Up there. There's zero pressure on him. Anybody who, I mean, at this level, you, he should be playing a dangerous ball to somebody. I don't know what's going on in the in the left side of the screen here. But yeah, we got a line. I'll tell you what's okay. going on. It's always a line, right along yeah. their line. But don't, got- you, don't you agree with the, at least the pressure? I mean, in the EPL, right, you wouldn't see a guy with, he's got 20 yards or 15 yards of space. You see it sometimes with a really good team playing right. against a bad but team. But c- yeah. come on, like, I mean, <laughs> you should be, he's got, he should be able to slot that direct or play it over, over top, right? And so... There's no reason at this level if he's at least going to try an over-the-top ball that he's really going to put our team in You don't want to play over-the-top from that far back. I, especially it's when you— It's going to be—it's well, too far. Like, the defenders can read that. What you want to do is try to break the lines. But the problem here is that you're asking Franco and Parata to try to break the lines, right? And you're asking them to do it against a team that's got tons of people loaded up in the middle. And if they make a mistake trying to break the lines, it's counterattack city. They have squeezed everything all, out of this. All I'm saying, though, wouldn't you take this all day? Like, as, as, no. oh, I would take this all day in terms of being able to ask my player to play a ball through that. I would. If, if whatever on the left is organized properly, or come on. But again, like the other There's thing zero is, pressure on why Parata. have you sent Parata? Oh, why have you sent uh, Goodman and Hernandez? Are they doing anything for you here? I don't. They should be because there's zero pressure on Parata. And to your point, there's six people inexplicably pressing up with zero pressure on a professional soccer player who should be able to put it on a plate to somebody's foot. Agree or disagree? I mean, what I was going to say is he should be able to... Dave, agree or disagree that he should be able to play it to somebody's... But I agree, but here's the but, right? So once he plays it to someone's feet and he should be able to complete that, break the lines, then all they're going to do is quickly compress that space. And it's that second ball. That guy's got to make a great decision and a great first touch. Sure. If he doesn't do that, somebody pokes it off his feet and is gone, right? And what? For what? We've given it to a guy who's under a ton of pressure. All he's going to do is, at best, keep possession and play it back to the center backs. He's not going to be able to turn and find a guy. I just don't think this is the way you want to attack a team. It's never going to work. I I disagree to some... Like What you're saying is you're scared for the skill set of the guy who's going to receive it to F up in such a way that they can counterattack. If you don't have a guy that can confidently... Can make sure that we don't get dispossessed and at minimum like play a very dangerous second ball in off of the off his touch like we've got no hope we have some great got no guys hope. like, like you mean to tell me if Uju, if it's not gutman and you got Uju out the left and you just and and he plays it out to him you don't believe in his skill set to be able to but why not, not lose if it? you had gutman and hernandez and you can 
draw a guy in and play it to the wide guy. Now they can feed into a, a much better ball. We're in a much better shape if we do give it up. And now he's going to have some space instead of them being able to sit because you're going to pull him out, pull the defense wide or across. You're making them move. Right now that we're playing right through the center, they know we have no option to play out wide. The only thing you can try to do is to try to split the lines. So they're daring them to make a mistake. They love this. If I'm a defensive coach, I'm like, go for it. I'll be honest. I can't really assess the situation with the photo. Yeah. I, I, I really can't because I, I see if, the, if a deep ball into the corner is open, and I don't, I don't know if that is Araujo on the bottom left here or if that's actually Gutman. I think it's Araujo on the very bottom by midfield. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, dude, he should be way up the field. Oh. And whoever's if, too if, far, but no, it's not too far. And if there's somebody in, if there's somebody up left who's in the top left space, they should clear out of it. And Parada, that's like a forty-yard ball. They have so much yeah. time to react yeah, to that he, ball. And you know who's going to pick it up is Araujo on the front foot on his natural left, with zero pressure on Parata. I'll take that all day long, Dave. I don't like that. If I'm a coach, I don't want that. Forty-yard ball to a guy who's going to be under total pressure. What pressure? There's six. To your point, there's six guys on our side of the field. Yeah, but once you play a forty-yard ball, there's a ton of time to close that out, right? Not with Arujo's speed. If if they no, I mean even to get the ball over in the air for him, waiting for the ball, it's not on his feet. Once he gets the ball at his feet, I think first off, if if there's nobody in front of Arujo, then he should be bombing up right now. And there is a right back for Toronto. You can't see it in that okay. clip, but there's a right back right there. He's got nowhere to run into. They've got a flat line. They're pinched right up, right where the edge of the screen is. There's nowhere right. to go except for to run offside. So all those guys who are along the line, the only thing they can do is come back. They have no yeah. momentum to run forward. I mean, this is a defensive – if you're a coach, if you're you know, a coach yeah. and you see this, you're like, you're salivating. Right, I don't care who you have. I mean, maybe if you have the best passer out of the world, you know, Van Dyke or something out of the back, maybe. But, but even then, like you'd much rather have them with options wide and whatever, and it's spaced. Like this is crap spacing. Like it's going nowhere. Yeah, I'm just not too worried. I mean, Parata is under zero pressure, right? So sure. there's not a ball. He should be able to play it back. It's but eventually just, he's going to have to do something with the ball. Where is he going to go with it? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're making proper runs, let's say there is a right back on Toronto who's back, which I can't see, let's assume, then we should be able to get creative, right? So Araujo bombs down and then actually cuts in and draws the guy into the middle, and then Almada or somebody breaks out left to the to the open space, and then Almada juices somebody on the corner of the box and takes it. See, I want what I want. That does that's not complicated. Like you know what I mean. Like it, if, I don't want Parata or Franco playing to Araujo. I want Franco or Parata playing into one of the midfielders, drawing some people in, and then hitting Araujo. Then he's going to be running. Then he's going to have space. And then he's going to actually have success, right? There has to be a second pass in there. Right now, you're pointing out the whole point is that the only way to get it there is by one pass. And that's not going to draw anybody. You need to get Araujo one-on-one with space and running, not with receiving a 40-yard ball out of the air where he's got to just control it, shield the guy off, and play it back. That's all he's going to be able to do. And he's good. He'll be able to do that. But, you know... That's not going anywhere. There's no dynamic to this whatsoever. And it's supposed to be dynamic, but the problem is those guys have gone up and now they're just standing. I don't know. I do see a situation where Parata has all the time in the world to play a ball to somebody. 
Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. they're sagging off for sure. He does yeah. have all day. And, you know, if you're Parata, you would just stand there and make someone he's come got to all, you eventually. My point is he's got all day to play the ball with six of the Toronto people unnecessarily forward. Which means we should be able, whether it's a direct ball or whatever, I would salivate at this. Like, in the EPL, like, they would break that line right through the center. Somebody would turn... Bomb forward but if score. you look at the at, at Brad, the end. so Bradley's standing literally almost on the center spot, the, and you can yeah. actually see their center back. He's only ten yards behind him. There's no space in there. It's real compressed, right? right? Which that is little gap which is, is why not, I keep saying over the top. Yeah, but again, the ball over the top pl- from Barada is not going to work. It's too far. If you now play a ball into the midfield and then over the top, they're really high line, and then they can really be beaten. Yeah. But you got to play that. You can't skip that extra pass. Okay. Well, I'll trust playing that to Almada and then him chipping it over. Yeah, that's your best move is to try to get it to Almada because he could control it in that space. Yeah. But I guarantee if you play a ball into Almada there, he's going to be, by the time even that ball gets there, he's going to be double or triple teamed. Yeah. If, as long as one of those players is Bradley, I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's true. I mean, and they're really bad, so you can do that. Yeah. So what you do is you just give it to Almada. He makes Bradley look like a fool, and then he opens it yeah. up. But that's not a good strategy long term because you're not always playing against Bradley, right? All right, let's go to the next one. Next one. Does this look right? It's the one where... Um, no. No. Uh, yeah, no, that was right, I think. That was right. Look at that. All right. Talk away. What you got? Midfield. Yeah. So Rios Novo has the ball out of the back, right? And this is our genius. No, you know. it can't be Rios Novo. We've got uh, Goudinho playing in this game. Uh, oh yeah. is playing against Toronto. Portland was the last game. Eros Campoyo. That's when everything went. Somebody, when Joseph came in I and said, it must be good you got yeah, to change right. things, Pineda. You're starting <laughs> yeah. a 5'10 yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, right. You're not playing Moreno and you're not right. playing me. You're right. Godinho's got the ball. Get it correct. <laughs> and uh, my point being, so what I want to point out to this, and it's really hard to see on our screen, but um, <clears throat> our two backs, you know, Franco and Parata, are really wide and Sosa's in the middle. But I just want to point out to you, the ball's – on our goalkeeper Godinho's foot. And if you look at the... So, right now, right, Goodman... <laughs> you got um, to take better photos, by the way. Just well, we got to be able to zoom a little bit. But, you know, do you know where Goodman is on this? Goodman is behind their center backs. And... You know where Hernandez is? Hernandez is at the top of the picture, right at midfield line. And they're they're all sprinting desperately to get back to give a help, right? I'm like, how do we have our goalkeeper have the ball? Our right back is sprinting straight back towards our own goal at midfield. And our left back is actually beyond their defenders. Like, talk about we weren't in defensive position, right? I mean... So you're saying you don't see that in the EPL? No. Have you ever seen the goalkeeper get it and not have a, a ball out wide in the EPL? I mean, golly. All right. Uh, there's only there's two more. One more. All right. Is this it? That's it. Um, I think that is it. Yes. So that is it. We're defending in our own box, and we're trying to get out of the back. 
right? And I'm going to pull up just a photo so I can see a little better because for the TV. And yeah, the our fans can't see anything. The listeners, I think they can. Or the YouTube, the YouTube people might be able to. Let's leave a comment about how da- bad Dave's photos are. <laughs> he didn't give me, he didn't send them to me in time oh, to do any cropping goodness. and zooming. Sorry. And prepping. I could have done all this. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're trying to play out of the back. And what I want to point out about this picture is that, so we have in our penalty area, so we've been defending pretty deep as we're wont to do because they're head, they're, they're against us. So we have the goalkeeper, Godinho. We've just won the ball. Um, the guy tried to dribble on Gutman, and he, he's, you actually see he's dribbling on him right now. He loses the ball. But anyway, we have... The goalkeeper, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players inside the penalty area, right? That leaves us with two players playing up top, right? The two players are sort of in the middle of the field, right? One of them, Almada, is actually... Maybe in a decent spot, but there's no way we can play him the ball because there's a guy in front of him and a guy behind him. And... Cisneros, I want to point out, is two yards behind their last center back, right? He has nobody can play him a ball, right? You know, maybe you can heave it over and you can try to play a ball from our own six-yard box and go for a breakaway, but good luck, right? So my point being that, so there's two problems that we talked about. Like, one is... Um, that we get too many players for, we get counterattacked. But the other problem is when we we can't win the ball at midfield, so we often win the ball in our own penalty area, like here. We win the ball in our own penalty area. We have nowhere to go with the ball, Mikey Duff. So I have a question. There's nobody available. I like this move as a uh, as, as a strategy. Sorry, but if I'm Cisneros here, you're already behind him. Yep. You're not doing anything defensively. Yeah. I would drop... Forward to the center box. Sure, so. if that guy's so far out, you could go, go to the center circle to midfield, yeah. right, and stretch him for yeah. sure. Because but he's not doing that. Well, he's just standing literally right behind be, him. I'm just calling out is because it's terrible forward play. Because there's two things that yeah. happen there. Sure, you scare the heck out of the guy that is leaving you. Yep. that's in front of him. And you also scare the guy that's marking Almada behind him as well. So you actually open up more space for Almada. So by Cisneros... That's good forward play, Mikey. I know. I'm, uh, and Martinez not, does this compl- all the time. It's not complicated. Martinez will actually stand off sides a like, lot of times and make him nervous for just that reason. Yeah, I mean, why would he But here he, be- he doesn't even have to go off sides because he's in his own half. He can go all the way up to midfield. He's still not off sides. I mean, I love that tactic, like when I'm oh, cherry picking. Like, sure. You scare people into being like, oh, go ahead. You be brave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up here when there's a breakaway. Yep. And that usually involves two people communicating and yelling at each other and the other team too before they sort it out. Yep. And by then, you're on the breakaway. Okay. All right. Let's go to the last picture here. And this is my epic moment, right? So this is... Hit Mikey Dobbs. I wish I could zoom in on this. It doesn't matter. You don't need to zoom in because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint the picture. It doesn't matter, right? Because... What you can, so this is an offensive corner kick. So this has been a as we as I went alluded to earlier. It's a two two game. We scored, they scored, we scored, they scored. Two two game, right? Almada comes up with this moment of sheer brilliance, breaks it at three to two, right? This is the game that we 
absolutely have to have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, have to, have to have. Toronto's a terrible team. We're at home. If we're going to have any chance of making the playoffs, we have to win this game, Yeah. okay? This is the 88th, 89th minute, right? So we're at the very end of the game, right? Is it 3-2 at this point? It's 3-2. Yeah, okay. We have an offensive corner kick, and... You can see you can't see in this photo because it's too small. But so what you're saying we're is actually, they're going to give them a chance to have a breakaway. So we're showing <laughs> Parata actually scoring this one, and I'm fine with Parata being forward. Right. But we still have one freaking player at center mid. Wait a second, is it a Marcetic? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it this time? Who is it this time? Uh, I think it's Hernandez. Okay, well, so at least at least we got a defender. I think Cedric was yeah. off. The but game yeah, out. no real backup plan. What the? If you're up three to two and you're sitting on a lead and you have to win to make the playoffs, you got five minutes to see out the game. You got an offensive corner. How many players are you going to send in the box, Mikey Dobbs? Well, I think I'm going to at least leave two or three back by the. I was going to say I'd send three or four into the box, maybe even bring the guy yeah. who scored all the goals like yeah. Parada up there. Right. And then everybody else going to park the box. There's yeah. no way that I am giving up a counterattack here. No way, no how, not anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and that's my point. Is more importantly, who are the people back at midfield? It's ludicrous. I mean, this is ludicrous coaching. If I were Pineda and I were on the sidelines and we're up – Three to two in the 89th minute. I would be skip. <laughs> so what you're you saying? You can see this in little league coaching. Mikey this is Dallas. like 28 to three when you <sighs> pass the ball down to Julio Jones, and all you <laughs> need to do is not go backwards, but then you go into shotgun. Why would you go into shotgun? This is even worse than that. No, it's not worse than that. <laughs> it's worse it's than not that. worse than that, but it's close. Oh. Well, that way they gave up the lead. This one they didn't, but... I mean, could you imagine if we get counterattacked and scored here? I I could imagine that. I thought I was thinking about it during the entire game. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Like, look, I mean, I can understand. If this game is 2-2 and you know you got to get to the playoffs, sure. Mm -hmm. That we should look like that, right? Right. You got to go for it and give the goal. Who cares if you give it the counter 3-2, not so much. 3-2, you got to be parking the freaking bus. We haven't won in how many games? And we got that going on in the freaking 87th minute. Oh, but Dave, we've got Air Juan now as a slogan. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the on fire button? I know. I get too complicated. Gracious, we need Carmen. I hope she's out there listening somewhere. She's probably pressing the button yeah. in her head, right? Um, it is absolutely criminal. I mean, that is a criminal thing. And if, if I were, you know, if they would give us a, a press pass or whatever, which they wouldn't do for very long because we would ask them these questions, no. I would be like, what were we doing here? What? So, okay. What would Pineda's possible explanation be for that? So we go on to win this game. And we'll, we'll, yeah. when uh, was th- this, this was the fourth goal that we scored at this point? Yep. We score on this. He's scoring in the clip. Got a great picture of Parata. So, so by the way, Parata, so I think this is true. So, it's the first ever center back that's ever scored a hat trick in MLS. Yeah. And I also think it's the first hat trick by three headers in the MLS. Yes. So, a double whammy for Parata. Yes. Great. I mean, 
brilliant, right? Yeah. Except he did have two goals that you could say he needed to at least make up for. Yep. That, yeah, weren't a good <laughs> look early. When he did that slide and didn't get it done, and then there was something else that was even worse. But I, I'm trying to put it out of my head now. So, Dave, then, I, then we have... I could spend like 40 minutes talking about this picture. It makes okay. me so mad, yeah. right? Because it's just absolutely criminal. I mean, it's totally unprofessional at any level. At any level of any kind of thing ever. It's just... Horrific. You oh, just, where is the ATL on fire on fire button? We need it. <laughs> I, mean, I can see it. This isn't even on fire. You were like pissed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, there's steam coming out of my ears, dear podcast listeners, because this is idiotic. I mean, it is idiotic. Of course, it works. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. come on. <sighs> All right. So, now we leave this game feeling good. Four, yeah. four to two. But yeah, I knew in my like you and I the whole game like we're just kind of looking at each other like man, there's some stuff that's just not. Well, a- I think up. we showed you in a, in a bunch of these pictures yeah. how you know tactically. I mean, you know, we'll see whether you guys should send us a the, dear podcast listeners. You should send us the feedback because you know maybe if you can or cannot see these pictures real well. But we're trying to do it is give you a picture of where we are on the field at moments. Right and give you a sense of, of what what we're looking like tactically, and it's not good. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, you can just tell the the way that the game is flowing. A lot of things are off with this team all season. Yeah, and you score four goals, but how many times do you get three headed goals from your center back in the game? Right? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. You pointed out it's never happened before. So never. So yeah. if you're counting on that to win games, you're going to win. Once in the history of MLS. <laughs> right. okay, so we lost to Portland on the road. Yep. Come back to the Bends, beat Toronto with a little luck. Yep. And then we got Orlando. Yep. In Orlando. Yep. Uh, which is going to be a tough match. I mean, Orlando has been playing decently this year. And mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a playoff won team. Won the U.S. Open Cup. Yes, we'll get to that. And thank goodness we gave them nothing to gloat about and pulled off a one nothing win uh what did you think of that game overall um yeah i mean you know i mean i think people are like uh the optimism we have the same lineup you know i I mean i think let's go back to the lineup because you know this lineup has created i mean obviously they've played better we've gotten some wins right um, and it's been a consistent lineup, right? And I think what we should point out is that um, I'm not really sure it's so much on purpose, but he's gotten to a couple of the things that we've really been calling for all the time, right? We don't have both of our outside backs so often up. We are still doing it, which means it doesn't really realize that, but Hernandez has a natural, you know, he's not naturally, you know, you know predisposed to do that so he kind of hangs back their gutman's going forward a lot but gutman is really good getting back he's really really excellent about it so i feel like hernandez is too i feel like and i feel like both of them know when it's the proper timing to go up 
I yeah. think Gutman is, is bombing away. He's just good at getting back. Um, I think the coaches are still telling him the same stupid stuff. Um, okay. But um, it's working better because Hernandez is not inclined to do it, and Gutman is getting back better, and Sosa's sitting in. And so we haven't had so many moments where the two guys, we've given up the ball, there's only two guys on the island. It's happened. It's stupid. Um, I want to say, actually, you know, in the Portland game, um you know, uh, well, maybe not the Portland game, but so one of the things that I've noticed is that I've been watched a few times Seattle play, and Seattle it looks like it's not going to make the playoffs this year, right? So Seattle's been this weird team. They have the same coach the whole time, right? But they've won MLS Cup, they finished as runners-up, and then twice they've missed the playoffs badly, Right or no? Actually, this will be the first time they missed the playoffs, but they're about to do it. But twice they've really struggled. The last time they just barely got in the playoffs. But anyway, what's interesting about their team, and I I, I bring this up because this is where Pineda came from, right? This is his coaching legacy, right? Um, they play a very similar system. They have two guys back. They send the outside guys bombing forward, and it's really really feast or famine, right? When they get on a roll. Like when they won the MLS Cup, they were they finished in that season not nearly close to first place, but they won the MLS Cup. When they get on a roll and they get a few lucky breaks, they don't give it up, and they're bombing forward to get a dynamic. Everybody's excited they can score a goal. In that playoff run, they won one game, I think, like 5-4 yeah. or something. You know, but this season, a couple of times, they've surrendered three goal leads. I mean, it's all feast or famine. Like you can see the system is when it's at, at its best, and we don't play it at its best. But when it's at its best, it does create a lot of dynamic because we do have a lot of guys forward, right? And you can score goals from that. If you have a team that's not naturally inclined to score, you can score goals. But then, of course, anybody turns the ball over that's a counter, give up goal after goal after goal, right? So it's feast or famine. You can get on a roll. You can also get on a bad roll where you're losing game after game after game. And I think... That's what you've seen with Atlanta United. We got on a bad roll, and it was a little bit unlucky, honestly. We kept giving up stupid goals with Rios Nova or whatever. Um, but it's that system is showing exactly what it is, which is feast or famine. And we were we were famine for a while, and then we kind of got on a little bit of roll here late, and maybe it's feast a little bit. But do we need to do that with the team we have? I mean, Dave. Is that the system you want, a feast or famine? Well, the system that I want is to play our best players and then keep it simple, which we've talked about all season. All you need to do. The six in the back, stay back, and let the creative four up front be creative and just do their thing and be natural, right? And so we got Arujo, Moreno out right as forwards, Joseph Martinez up front, Almada crushing it through the center. As a ten, really, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think anything's changed in terms of our narrative here. Um, we just keep saying it. Well, he's ways. made some of the changes, right? So we well, made changes in the Godinho back. instead of in Rios Novo. In the yeah, back. Hernandez at right, but you know he's even made a switch where Araujo is out natural left, which mm-hmm. is better than him out right, and Sosa's come back. So all of those things have gotten us closer to where we are, and maybe he ought to listen to the rest of what we're saying, <laughs> right? Shit, Why man. not play Martinez in there as a finisher instead of Cisneros or Dom Dwyer, right? And then why not actually, to be honest, God bless, you know, um, Brooks Lennon is, is, is fine, but I'd rather see Moreno in that spot. Yeah, me too. 
Um, and I, I'm fine with Brooks Lennon playing some of the time yeah. in there. I'd like Brooks Lennon to come on late and maybe bring on yeah, Brooks like, Lennon with Dwyer so when he's crossing. Well, no, look, like Moreno can be frustrating some games and sometimes he's off, mm-hmm. right? And I think as a coach, identify that and put in Lennon, who's a workhorse and is going to give you a solid game, right? But you got to, in my opinion, you have to start Moreno out there and give him the credit as the better player. And then you put in Lennon as certainly a solid when you sub. play Lennon in front of Hernandez, you get more defensively on the, on that side, right? I love that. So maybe on the road in a tough game, you do that, yeah. and you bring on Moreno late. I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, totally, totally fine with that. Um, but yeah, in a, in a must win type of game, I think you start Moreno, and you know you you say let's throw our best talent on the field. Yeah, because if we were. Getting it up the field, matching it up, and giving it to those guys and playing a totally different system. Instead of this trying to be dynamic or whatever, let's actually just press up the field, keep it tight, recycle the ball. We'd score goal after goal after goal. Yeah. I mean, we'd be I mean, f- flying in the yeah. goals. People would be happy. We'd be on the front foot. Like, it's so depressing. Um, you know, I... I <laughs> it really is. Like, I mean, I... I Again, like this, not my goal in this podcast is to like go after Pineda. And I feel like at Twitter, people are going after me for doing it. It's not my, it's not what I want to be saying. I, I, I hate it, but there are some egregious things that have happened this year that seem to have no press to explain it either, right? Like the Moreno not starting, the Gudino not starting, the Joseph Martinez not starting when Cisneros, yeah, sure, he had some good runs there, like. Uh, one third into the season, he was getting some things done, but then he went on a stretch where he didn't get it done. You had a healthy Martinez who's saying, "I'm ready to play." Um, you know, by all accounts, he was like right there saying, "Hey, I'm your guy," and didn't get the pass. Right, so you got that. Then you got an Amarsetic who's starting out of nowhere when you have so many better options. Like I, I just can't get my head around it. Um, and then Dom Dwyer. As a consistent starter, no. I mean, yeah, like give him the chance to come in and do what he's been good at at the beginning of the season, which is be the muscle man at the end of the game. Yep. The last 10, 15 minutes where he can't get a red card that jeopardizes the team. <laughs> and he's the guy that you love, right? Like he's the right. guy that you love. He's the hero that comes in. Everybody wants to cheer for because he's losing his mind. He... He throws an elbow, he does this, gets a yellow card, and the next thing you know, we score and win the game. Like, that's the Dom Dwyer that, you know, I think can get it done. Um, but he's not the starter. I want, I want to talk about an analogy or, um, <sighs> uh, you know, so my, my team is Manchester United, as I think you know, in the Premier League. And uh, we have a new coach, Dutch coach, very successful, Ten Hag. And uh, he comes in and it just absolutely, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of euphemisms, but it wasn't good. They lost, they got crushed in their first two games Brentford. against medi- mediocre teams, right? So Brentford seems to do that to teams because uh, in 2021, they crushed Arsenal. Yes. Like four nothing or something. So th- does he stick around? Does he sit around with what he's doing? No, 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 no. So he plays, replaces Maguire at center back with Martinez. He replaces um, Luke Shaw at left back with the young kid, Marcel. Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah. But anyway, and the brand new Dutch 
the guy came from Ajax. No, not from Ajax, from the other Dutch team. Anyway, um, <laughs> and instead of playing Fred and McTominay, he actually dropped um, originally um, Ericsson to defensive midfield, right? Instead of Fred, he benched Fred, right? Yeah. And he put in all the three attackers, right? So he had Sancho, Rashford, um, and... Um, um, not Ronaldo, he was on the bench, but he had all the all the speed, right? And you know, they went on a four game winning streak, right? So they beat Arsenal, they beat Liverpool, they won four games in a row, right? Yep. I mean, really, really good. He clearly changed it, and it clearly worked, right? And I read a SoccerNet.com article, God bless, and SoccerNet, yeah, that's the ESPN SoccerNet, ah. whatever. Okay. Anyway, I read the article and the, the 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 commentator was talking about how this is, you know, great, but it's it's very unsustainable. And the rationale basically of this article was Ten Hag has built his teams around progressing the ball out of the midfield or whatever. And they weren't doing that. They were sitting back a little bit more and counterattacking, you know, with the speed or whatever. And so, you know, it's unsustainable. What are they gonna do or whatever? And I'm reading this article and I'm like, you got to be out of your effing mind. Because if you look at Manchester United's team, right? They have Fernandez, Rashford, Sancho, Alanga, all who've got speed going, go whatever, right? We keep giving up stupid goals. This team is, you know, meant to sit and counter. That's the dream for this team. And he clearly realized that he went to it and now they suddenly win four games and he wants them to switch back because that's Ten Hag's system. And I'm like, whoever let, you know, don't let players get in the way of a good system, right? That's yeah. who you have. That's the players you have. Design the system for the players, which he clearly realized after a couple of games, they're beating the heck out of player teams. Just keep doing that. Yeah. Right? It is madness to me when these coach when these commentators and everybody's like, well, that's not his sophisticated thing. He's built this around the IX to 433 and it's yeah. building through the middle, whatever, and it's possession and whatever. And I'm like, that's not the team you have. Yeah. So until you get that team, you better play the way you can play. So what's the team that we have? The team that break we- it down again for us, Dave. Break it down again. <laughs> For us, we have some of the most potent offensive players in the MLS, Boca haters or whatever, then you need to check yourself. We've got yep. Joseph Martinez. We've got Araujo, Moreno, Almada. Even behind that, as far as people that can go forward, you've got Lennon as an option on the right. You've got uh, Huzetu, which is a little more ticky-tacky. He's not... Not like a super attacker. Our team. And, the, and this new mascara guy that seems to be able to go forward as well. Our team is built to break people down off the dribble, right? Um, very rarely do you get players who have such an advantage on the dribble as Almada, Moreno, Araujo, right? I mean, they can go around MLS defenders like they're cones, Right, so that team is built to go through the middle, little passes, and dribbling at the players. We should be leading the freaking MLS in penalty kicks because everybody should be, you know, crapping themselves when they see Araujo or Almada running at them. Yep. Right, and that should be through the middle. We don't need them, you know, 
out, you know, super wide. You know, people are like, well, why would you, you keep talking about Araujo on the left as a natural instead of an inverted. Don't you want him coming in? I'm like, no, I want him coming in. But from the left, when we send it through and he can use his pace and it goes onto his left foot. I mean, actually in this game, right, you saw um, Araujo made a guy look like a freaking cone, right? Um, he dribbled for 40 yards. He beat a whatever. He went from left to right. And at the last moment, he went around the goalkeeper, right? And he tried to shoot it in with his right, which yeah. is such a weak thing. And he hit it so weakly that they were able to come back and clear it off the yeah. line, right? Um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for for him to make that diagonal run from the left and to play it through to him. Right now, we're playing him out the right, and he has to go around on his right foot, and he's going around people on the right with his left foot, which is awkward, right? Um, so this team is built to play little, you know, tiki-taka soccer, dribble at people through the middle, create, 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 get fouls. We should be scoring on a lot of free kicks because we should be getting free kick after free kick after free kick. We should get penalty kick after penalty kick. We should be putting so much pressure through the middle. And all you have to do is take the other six players, the four in the back and two guys in the center midfield and say, your job is to win the ball up the field and recycle it to those guys. And, you know, the other thing you've seen, Gutman, you know, God bless him he's actually done really well and scored some goals when he's done that he's made these amazing runs through the middle right instead of out wide yeah. and and that's because Araujo is out wide so he's cutting inside um and the thing about that when he does that it's an unexpected run so I'm super in uh, favor of our backs going forward but why does it have to be so these guys are going to run forward we know when it's going to happen and they're going to stop at midfield right here blah, blah 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 why not be unpredictable and say it's occasionally going to be you know franco it's going to be gutman going through the middle it's going to be a guy who you don't expect and the defenders are like oh, i don't know and all it has to do is scare somebody so that there's a little extra pass or somebody lays off Araujo or almada and you can see what they can do yeah that's what we should be doing that's what this team is built to play this team is not really built to counterattack. this team is definitely not built to play wide on the flanks and cross the ball in because we don't have any of those guys who can go win the ball in the, in the penalty area this team is built to go through the middle and win the ball up front recycle it to those guys where they have one-on-one -on -one quickly they can win those matchups every single time so if we're gonna start uh, a formation. What are you going with? A four, two, two, one. What? What was your? So it, it, you know, it's basically the four in the back who we have. I mean, we we've been playing Hernandez, the right. Parata, Franco, Gutman. Yep. Fred. But the only difference is, I would say that I would only send. I would send Gutman. I would send Hernandez. But say only when it's really on, and only one of you. We should never, ever, ever have both of you up. There's no reason for it. Because yeah. when we have both of them up, one guy's involved in the play and the other yeah. one's doing nothing. Then you got shift three in the back. Right. If one guy goes forward, shift three in the back. We always have Sosa sitting in front of them. Right. That's the defensive guy breaking it up. So we always have, so have four. four in the back. Okay. Right. So the big question mark is who is the guy next to Sosa that's in front of him? Yeah. So obviously I would think Martinez definitely in the middle. I would say the out wides, I would say Araujo 
and Moreno, definitely Almada sitting in right yeah. behind Martinez. So, but who's, and the who, only question is, who is the extra guy? And to me, I would say yeah. to divide it up. So when you're at home and you're on the front foot, it should be Josetu, mm-hmm. who's a little more offensive, maybe even occasionally a guy like Sadich. Um, but I think Josetu's better. And on when we're road, on the road, Ibarra. you play a bar with an extra defensive guy. Okay. It's easy. Now, walk- and you could occasionally—that's the—that's the—that's the the core package, if you will. That doesn't mean you can't occasionally rest Moreno and start Lennon. You know, it, you know, a weaker game. You don't want to play yeah. Moreno all the time. Whatever, you know, you can vary it up. You can yeah. even you can sit Martinez and have occasional spot start from Dwyer. I have no problem and with you that. Can even give uh, Arujo if he's on a, a run, mas- mascara a start. And- yeah. I think Mascara out of, off the bench is a guy who scares you in the 70, 80th yeah. minute. But granted, you know, these are things that are easy to say late in the season with, uh, you know, Mascara late. But yeah. But think- the closer they've gotten to what we have said all along, the yeah. better we have looked. So yeah. why can we see it and they can't? I don't know. Because, well, first off, the goalkeeping thing was <laughs> it's a, just a, sh- a, a total sham. Uh the fact that he can't see that Amar Sedek, as much as he might practice and be a hard-nosed player, does not have quality to be starting on any MLS team, more or less ours. When you have, you know, Huzetu, which, by the way, was our captain for a while, so I don't know what distrust that he got that he's like, you don't even get to start in Amar. He was injured for a little bit, but he's no, back but now, and he still won't get on no, the dude, field. No, dude, Amar Sedek's better than you. You're going to get the... <laughs> and then, you know... Dom Dwyer is all of a sudden better than Joseph Martinez. Come on, man. Like, I mean, there's, and then Moreno, we've already talked about it. Like there's so many things that do not add up beyond just the atrocious things. Like, and and you, you see them better than I do. Right. Which are like the stuff that I, you know, sadly I see better in the NFL, right? Like the 28, three thing where you're like, all right, why in the hell would you be lined up at shotgun when all you need to do is not lose yards at this point. Right. At, At 28, three. You're seeing stuff like that when it's, I mean, it is like it's shambolic that, you know, you're up three to two. Anybody that knows soccer knows you should not be overly aggressive. You should be parking the bus. Statistics are what they are. You're better off not going for the goal and playing sound defense than you are trying to have Air Juan go in for his hat trick. Well, it's just is what it is, man. And it's it's the season on the line. Yeah, it's, and you play the odds against Vegas. It's one thing to be doing that early on in the season, and you're on a roll, and you're pressing. You want to go for the last goal. You know, awesome, go for it, right? buried people right but when you've struggled and struggled and struggled and you finally have a 3-2 win and you have to keep that to go have any chance to get in the playoffs it is absolutely idiotic which is worse than shambolic right to do that i mean it's just nuts it's absolutely nuts so it'd be like me in vegas like taking my (laughs) Let's say I put it all at the, down on at the blackjack table and I put it all down on 32. Not that, a roulette. That's exactly roulette. what I would do, too. That's 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 my yeah, style. I mean, you so know, it can I, work. I appreciate it. It can work. Air Juan, we had a good moment against the Toronto yeah. game, but 
overall, no bueno. All right, let's jump. I'm going to just force this all the way yep. to the Philadelphia. So game. I have a few things to say about it. So early in the second half, there's a rebound off of Blake. Um, he made, I mean, Blake, some amazing saves in this game to keep them in the game. But it falls to Dom Dwyer instead of uh, Martinez. And if that is Martinez, he scores, right? But instead it falls to Dom Dwyer and he doesn't score, right? He gets it all wrong. Um, later on in the second half, we have an offensive corner and we have this crazy thing with only one player back and Araujo chases the Philly game again, Yeah, Philly game. Araujo chases a guy back 40 yards to make an amazing tackle. And yep. you know, the crowd's going crazy and the commentators are like, what an amazing tackle. I'm like, why on an offensive corner do you want your one of your best attacking players to have to chase back 40 yards to make a game-saving tackle when you had an offensive corner? And yet again, I, I keep going to the EPL as my example. When do you see that in the you EPL? You don't see it. You don't. I mean, there's no... I mean, it's one thing to be aggressive. I like us being aggressive on corners or whatever, but leaving one single player back on an island and that player is Sadich, right? I mean, it's just stupid. I mean, it's absolutely stupid. And, I, you know, I'm sorry if I, you know... Uh, anyways, we're 0, zero 68th minute, right? We're making the sub, the first sub, right? Who's the guy who's been scoring goals off the bench, Mikey Dobbs? Joseph Martinez. And who do we bring on in the 68th minute of this game? Joseph Martinez? <laughs> oh, that would be too no. smart. No, it wasn't. wasn't. You want to know who came off the bench? I don't know. Was it Cisneros, Cisneros. in this Philadelphia game? Cisneros came off I was the on bench. vacation. I was catching fish. We're at 0-0. Zero, zero. We're in the 70th minute. We've been dominating the match. We've been playing really well, right? Okay, you know, we've done really well. And we have to win. Right? And so he brings on Cisneros. Eros Campoyos. <laughs> it's time to flip some tables. It really is like that is a spiteful move. That's bad coaching and it's spiteful, especially when you played him in the previous game, right? Like, I, I don't get it, man. There's something there with his, his stubbornness that he deserves to be fired is the best way I can It's put funny because it. everybody talks about Pineda being this super nice guy or whatever, but I think... He has this, you know, he was defensive midfielder, and I think um, it shows a little bit. He has this, you know, pride thing in him. I think you're, you're, you're sensing something which is true, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's an unnecessary pride thing. With whatever it is he's got against Moreno, whatever it is he's got against Joseph Martinez, it's this pride thing that, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's costing the team. It costs the team. We're not yeah. making the playoffs. I mean, I'd love to be proven wrong with some miracle, but. <clears throat> okay, so that's perfect uh, segue. So, you know, are we making the playoffs um, or are we not making the playoffs? Okay, so I say I don't know what anybody is thinking when they say that we're making the playoffs, right? Because so we have two games left. We have New England away and we have New York City FC at home. Right. Um, those are our two remaining matches after the international break, uh, which we can get to in just a minute. Um, and so if, if Mikey Dobbs, do you, th so first of all, let's ask you, you think we're winning both of those games? I think it's possible. I mean, 
not with the coaching we have. If they started the starting lineup that you and I just said, yes. But they'd also have to be playing with confidence. I think right now the one thing they are is playing with a little bit of yeah, confidence. They've got a little confidence. So yeah. if, they, if they started with the starting lineup, which is just Martinez up front, Aruja out left, Moreno out right, Amada in the center is number 10. You got Josetu next to them, Sosa, and then Hernandez, Parata, Franco, Gutman, Gudinho, and Zagoli. I say, yeah, damn straight we can win these last two games, but that's not going to happen, Dave. No. There is zero chance that we're not going to have the same starting lineup. Zero. Yeah. I mean, of course, we're playing this unless somebody's hurt. Because it's not like, I mean. He thinks be, he's found the formula. Yeah. It's not like we should be throwing Hail Marys or anything. <laughs> like by playing our best talent. So New England has absolutely nothing to play for. They're not making the playoffs, surprisingly. Um, and so. Should be winning the next game easily. But, we should destroy but, uh, them. And on the road in MLS, nobody really wins. So. No, no. What's your prediction? Do we win? Uh, yes, because the, this is. Because the soccer gods want to torture us onto a final podcast. So there's your answer on that. Not I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to say we lose or tie and it's over. Because <laughs> that's Vineta just doesn't I, have it. I mean, I can't like, disagree with it. I'm, I am being the devil's advocate. You lose to the wily veteran Bruce Arena. <laughs> and that's probably going to happen. You're, I mean, he's probably going to get out coached on the road mm-hmm. on a. Game that they have nothing to play for. That literally, we've got everything to play for, and yep. he's not going to have the right starting lineup. Yep. He's not going to have the right. That's what I think. Pep talk. <laughs> You're absolutely right, right? But I'm gonna, I'm a fan right. of the team, All so right. I'm with you, but I'm against you. And if you can somehow manage to win at New England, New York City FC is still in a playoff spot, but they have absolutely imploded since they lost the coach and since they lost Costianos. Um, they have absolutely just gone on a tailspin, right? And uh, they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. But um, it's that's a winnable game at home. They're not a great team anymore without the coach. So, and then NYFC games at home, right? Yeah, we should totally win that game. Yeah. So, like, I mean, literally, at least they give ourselves the outside chance to make the playoffs like we should win the next two games handily okay so if we win the next two games that leaves us at 46 right as i said previously on a on another podcast typically in the mls it has taken 48 points to make the playoffs that doesn't mean that it's going to be this year but it's kind of looking like it's going to be the same so orlando and cincinnati only need two points from their last three games to finish above 46 um. Yeah, are now they both tied? Actually, this is I wrote this because I thought we were going to do a podcast earlier. So now they're both at forty-five, right? Um, they just need one more point, or no, 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 they're forty-five. So they need two more points to finish above forty-six. So I'm right. So they have three. They're thirty-one. They have three games left, and they need um two more points so two ties or any win in the remaining three games and they they each have very winnable game in one of the three games so that's not going to happen the really the 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 only chance um is you somehow have to get above columbus and inter miami right so both of them are on 42 right um so we if we get to 46 somehow right, which I don't think we're going to do. But let's say we do get to 46, yeah. right? Then they need five points, right? So they need either a win in two ties or more likely 
they need two wins, right? Either of those teams can get two wins and we're out, yeah. right? Um, so they both have to um, do no better than um, one win, really. Um, what's the chances that um, Columbus only manages, you know one more win and ends up at 45 and we win the two games. I mean, obviously if we don't win the two games, it's, yeah. it's done, but there's just too many things that have to happen. Like there's no chance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about a wing and a prayer. No, but all I really care about, I don't care about any of that. I care about the fact that we should go up to new England and kick their ass and we should beat NYFC. Sure. Like that's all that matters. You just care about us playing well. You'd love to exactly. Finish the all I care about is it playing well, because no excuses at this point. Even with Brad Guzan and Miles Robinson uh, wanting his two dollars back, um, you know, I think we got to win these two games. Yeah, we have so, plenty of talent. You know, not enough coaches. The early word, you know, that was leaked in a local um, sports broadcast was that. Atlanta United is bringing back Pineda for sure. What do you feel about that? I think it's... Well, first off, it made no sense to me. It seemed like a desperate panic move by the front office and uh, whoever the the president is that's kind of more of the, the, the bookkeeping guy. I forget his name. Or he's part of the uh, A&B group that came out and said it because oh, yeah. it was right after the Eros Campoyos thing. And they basically wanted to establish that the team was stable uh, and they didn't want any more disruption. So they prematurely came out in my opinion and said, Pineda is our guy. We're going to resign him for another year, which they're going to do just because I know that's what they're going to do um, and give him more roadway that is unnecessary when we clearly need to change. Yeah, I think it's crazy for them to make that pronouncement when you don't have a president yet. No real president. They said they're going to hire a president, you know, they're going to interview people starting in the next, you know, four or five weeks at this point. Um, it was the other president of A&B that made the Cannon or whatever his name is, right, that uh, made the yeah, announcement? Yeah, I forget his name, but yeah. Um, so I don't understand why, I mean... I would have said, of course, if you're Atlanta United, you say, look, we're going to hire a president. The first thing the president's going to do is evaluate the team, including the coach, mm-hmm. and we'll make, make a decision, right? Um, why wouldn't you do that? Like, why put why back yourself into any sort of corner? It's not like Pineda's got, like, anybody, like, looking for him. Like, he's jumping to the next thing. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know about that. And we can maybe save it. For another conversation, but um, there is a uh, um, a pretty good possible coach, two really good possible coaches who are now available. I've always said you don't fire a coach unless you have somebody better you know you can bring in. Yeah, but I I have two I have two which I agree with you, but just don't don't unnecessarily announce that he's your guy. When yeah, why no would need you do to. it? Like it's not like he like again it's not like he's going to get an offer on the table for another head coaching job right now. That's not a risk. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't understand So who are that. these two uh, coaches you speak of? Do I want to tell you now or you should save it for? No, I want. I've done an analysis. <laughs> I want to know. Mikey Dobbs, I've done an analysis of 
all of the coaches in the entire Eastern Conference. It well, took a long time, so I haven't done the Western Conference yet. Maybe but, we should hold it. We're an yeah. hour and a half in. Yeah, this I is think a let's, teaser. Let's, let's the, see if we get in the playoffs. Let's see if we get in the playoffs, and then we can talk about. Then we can talk about coaching. when we don't get in the playoffs. Why we should fire Pineda? Unfortunately, that we're not hating here. We're just wanting this team to do better and to deliver the fans what they deserve. Okay, I agree. I'm gonna. I'm going to then. Um, Give you something on a positive note. Okay. So, um, Cincinnati beats Shivas 3-1 to one in the League Cup Showcase. You know, God bless all these, these, these things. What's the League Cup Showcase? These are, it's a small tournament between uh, uh, MLS and, and Liga MX. So, it's like a little mini Campione's Cup? Yeah. But there is a Campiones Cup too, also. But so there's like a mini tournament that's like bigger than the Campiones Cup because yeah. the Campiones Cup is only one game, right? So what's this called? It's called the League Cup Showcase. <laughs> the League Cup Showcase is technically bigger bigger than Campiones yeah, Cup because like it's, it's two. It's so two there were games. two semifinals. Cincinnati beat Chivas three to one. And Nashville beat Club America on penalties after a three-three regulation. So, and if you add on top of that, right, um, Seattle won the CONCACAF Champions League and MLS has beaten Mexico in three out of four Campeones Cup. So is that a trend or is it a fluke due to the fact that these matches are sort of one-off and crazy? It's a trend because also the U.S. men's national team has been crushing the Mexican national team lately. So, I mean, it's, 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 it could all of a sudden flip the other direction and they could go on a run for four years, but it's kind of unprecedented territory for MLS, to be honest. Yeah. We haven't won. We've never, we won early on in the really weird iteration of the CONCACAF champions league. But as soon as they made it for real, the Mexican teams have just been obliterating us. And we finally, they won the title, right? Seattle beat. Oh, wow, man. I mean, look at some of these other teams, by the way, like LAFC and even Galaxy. I mean, they look like real teams sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, damn, I'm a little jealous. Yeah, uh, so who's your, who do you think is going to win MLS? LA, Cup if it's not LAFC? Not us. <laughs> LAFC, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like to throw Austin in there, but I don't think they've got quite enough horsepower to get it done. They've got a lot of good coaching discipline right now, but I don't know. That they I'm really do. disappointed by that pick because I picked the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. right, right. I'd like to disagree with you. I mean, yeah. everybody says Philadelphia this because they yeah. actually have more points, but Philadelphia is a gimmick team. Yeah. And God bless Curtin. He's done amazing with that team and what they do. But I just think in the playoffs, they're just vulnerable. Yeah. Um, even the fact that the home field advantage. And I just, you know... Maybe they'll do better, but um, I just don't see them winning MLS Cup. LAFC looks to me like by far the most yeah. talented team. They're definitely the most dangerous. And then, yeah, you put Austin and your Philadelphia's in I there. like Austin as my dark horse. If yeah. somebody's going to win, they'll take down LAFC in the playoffs. And um, I think the Western Conference. Is Galaxy is even going to make the playoffs? Or they're No, the- I think they're. you can slip, push it over, but I think. They're they're vulnerable. They're okay. They're right on the bubble. I think they're probably on the outside looking in. So yeah, LAFC is the favorite. Austin and then Philadelphia. Even though Philadelphia has been manhandling people, but you know they've been crushing people. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I put them number two, honestly. But yeah, 
Well, you saw him against us. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the scoreline I predicted. Yeah. Um, did you catch the USA-Japan match? I did catch a good portion of it. It was <laughs> super lackluster. Uh, wow. Just, again, a, a team that did not look like they were prepared, didn't have Does the energy. Does it look like we're ready to win the World Cup, Mikey Dobbs? Man, I, I tell you what, when you watch like these friendlies and it's Liechtenstein and Moldova, you're like, man, maybe the U.S. team hasn't progressed as much as I thought they have. Man. Well, in fairness, nobody, all the good teams, England got relegated from the Nations League. Do you know this? Yeah. <laughs> they finished last. Um, Hungary, Italy, they lost to Italy. Um, <laughs> so they've lost like five out of six matches or yeah. something like this. Um, they've looked awful. I, um, I don't so think- who is your World Cup favorites? You know, people, um, oh, the podcast I, is going to be, I yes, have, live and going during the World Cup, don't have, you think? I have an easy pick for the World Cup. Okay, let's hear it. It's uh, Brazil. Yeah. There's only two good, two really good teams, and one of them's in a little bit of a hot mess at the moment. But- Brazil scares the shit out of me. I just mm-hmm. feel like, first off, if you're watching – PSG, which I only kind of tune in because they're on TV all the time and they're stomping people usually three to I one or seven you, to one. I told you, Gaultier. Yeah, but more, that's the coach. You know, you were asking me who do yeah. I want for Man United all the time. I said Gaultier. He's okay. the coach now at Paris Saint Germain, yeah. and they are stomping people. Yeah. But you know what you're also seeing though. I mean, not only a good Messi, but I mean, and Mbappe is ridiculous. Even though I dislike him. Neymar is playing out of his shoes, dude. I mean, he's he is so good right now. As Vinicius Junior for the way, Real I, Madrid he, he, is playing out of his mind too. Yeah. And I mean, Neymar is somebody who I love to hate. I mean, I can't stand the guy. The Neymar role or their Neymar but at the same five at, roles at the same time. And you you've got a guy who could. I mean, he can do ten roles after he gets hit. But I mean, regardless, he is at the top of his game right now. Top of his game. Yeah. I mean, he's playing really well. Like, the touch I've seen him, touches I've seen him make in some of these highlights, man, I'm like, mm-hmm. geez, that is scary. Not to mention the younger crew of Brazilians who I probably Anthony don't Anthony. I probably don't even. Really, he just signed for Man United for 100 Anthony million. Anthony probably really don't know half, half of the names, right, that They are still got Firmino for yeah. Liverpool. Uh, they got, they're attacking-wise. They are loaded. Yeah, and who's the, who's the Man City <laughs> goalkeeper? Is he Brazilian? Yeah, well, they got both. They have the yeah. two best goalkeepers in the world. They so, have yeah. Liverpool and Man City. I mean, Ederson and I, I, I think pure and simple. I, I give Brazil twenty five percent chance to win the World Cup. God, twenty five percent chance to win the World Cup. I mean, that's huge odds, right? I mean, I have Brazil winning the World Cup as well, Mike. Yeah. Dobbs. What What is the world coming to? It's like we should be coaching. If we're I, agreeing this much. Yeah. <laughs> Either spending too much time together, or we should be coaching Atlanta United. You and I have not discussed this. <laughs> no, we haven't but, discussed this at all. And but no, you just feel it coming. It's there's like, only one other team that that's really loaded talent wise, but they're a bit all over the place at the moment. Who's uh, your Who's your Who? So the the other team that's loaded, a talent all over the place. I mean, 
You got to put France in there, France. right? That's uh, right. Yeah, that's my number. But there's two. a whole. Do you see? The, they've got all kinds of mess. There's a whole drama behind yeah, uh, drama. Uh, Mbappe's I, image rights. Yeah, no, it, no, but I didn't. He's uh, complaining about it. Paul Pogba and family like put yeah. A, a so wit, Pogba's witch, brother was, was on, on the family. So Pogba's brother was blackmailing him, and he turned his brother into the police, and then his brother claimed that he was hiring a witch doctor. It, it's crazy to curse and, Mbappe. And Mbappe, meanwhile, is fighting over the French Federation for his image rights and is threatening not even to play in the World Cup. I mean, it is all kinds of madness. That's So that's not a recipe for success for France. No. And, but they still got ben, uh, Benzema, I mean, who's on the top of his game, like unbelievable. Yeah. That guy's like 100 and he's still yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so they And they have talent all over the place. Moran, I mean, they have real yeah. talent all over the place. But... It's a team that's looking wild. They they could win the World Cup. They could go out in the first round. Like, yeah. um, so I I agree with you. I think Brazil are the favorites. And then you got to put England in the mix in there somewhere. I think England is their team is not the same as it was. So Southgate has done really really well in 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 uh, international competition. He's really really defensive. And that tends to work in international soccer, right? Because it all gets a little bit tight and whatever. And if you can keep things, whatever, and, you know, really, really tight, and you, you have enough attacking-wise to score a goal here or there, you keep getting through rounds, right? And, and But they've do, done that coming into the previous two World Cup and European Championships. So World Cup, they were semifinalists. European Championships, they lost in the final. And in both of those, they were coming in with confidence, all the young players. But... I don't see that team as confident anymore. I mean, they got a bunch of players who are not even starting for their team. Maguire obviously doesn't start for Man well, United. They have a goalkeeper um, controversy. They got a problem the in the goalkeeper. Um, you know, Declan Rice is still a great player, but you know, Rashford's not really truly in form. Um, Harry Kane is good, but he's getting older. Like it doesn't seem like the team to me anymore. I. I if I'm buying or selling on England, I'm selling. Like right. I think they're going to do worse than they've done in the past. Not against it. Again, my odds are so stacked for Brazil. The other team I think you have to watch out for are the Copa America champions and Messi playing really well and a lot of other young. Argentina does have a few young players if they're willing to yeah. throw, roll the dice. What do you think of our boy Almada getting his first ever international match? Uh, I think it's pretty cool. He I made think, the... Uh, the the last squad before the World Cup yeah. got called up and got, got his first ever full so. international. So it wasn't like he got chump change. He mm-hmm. got full 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, evidently, Messi had some really good quotes about him. Did you, yeah. did you read any of those quotes? Yep. He said he was mischievous. Mischievous. I love that quote. And if he's mischievous, according to Messi, and he's in the full international Argentinian team, don't you think we should be winning a few more games? <laughs> It's not Pineda's fault, though. No, it's not that. <laughs> uh, but we have him for another year, Atlanta United fans, so you've got that coming. Oh, for great. Anybody else you got in the World Cup? Anybody else you um, like? Well, I have no clue what Germany looks like, but you got to throw them in the pot. Yeah, the defense. They, do they qualify? I don't know. If they yes. qualified, I'm throwing them Kimmich, in. Kimmich, the defensive yeah. midfielder, is a real just, baller. It doesn't I mean, matter. You just put them in the top five. They're easily. an aging team, though, outside of. The, doesn't you know, matter. They're in the process doesn't of matter. turning it over. Doesn't matter. Guaranteed. They will make they'll it. They'll be fine. They'll make it through the group stage, and they'll make probably pass the 
quarterfinals. The next thing you know, they're a quarterfinal team. Yeah, quarterfinal yeah. team. And then yeah. anything can happen. Yeah. And Germany starts playing like Germany. Disciplined. There really are simple, no. Simple, compact. They just do what they do, man, every time. And then you got Holland, right? Holland's not in the World Cup, unfortunately. Holland is not. That's oh, right. you mean you mean you mean oh, Erling yeah. Holland or the country of Holland? Norway's not in the in, in <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the yes, World Cup. Yes, Norway's either. out. So Erling Holland is it's not saying, playing. Are it, you saying the country of Holland? Italy is the not. Italy is not in the World Cup either. Are they? No, Italy is. Are they? They make it. Oh no, you're right. They did. Yeah, Italy is not in the World Italy's Cup. Out. Yeah, you're right. Italy oh. and the Netherlands didn't make the World Cup. No, yet. the Netherlands did. There. That's what. That's what I was saying. It was one of them that did make it. So yeah, well, I was saying Erling Holland is not. Okay. In the- <laughs> you're th- totally throwing. So Holland is in the World Cup. Holland, so, the country is yes, yeah, for well, sure, and they have a lot of young. It's talent. actually the Netherlands is the yes. country. Yes. Holland is the biggest district, or yes. like, yeah, that's whatever. what I'm saying. Yeah. So when you said Holland, I assumed you meant Erling Holland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, the two best players in the world right now, probably Erling Holland and Lewandowski, are not. Uh, Lewandowski's in the World Cup, but they have no, Poland has no chance. Yeah. Um, so they're on terrible sides. So. We're not in a situation yeah. where the the best, best players, you know, who is the best player on a side that can win it? Maybe Vinicius uh, Jr., maybe Mbappe for France. What are, What is Spain? Neymar. What are Spain and Portugal looking like? Spain's young. Portugal has a good team. Some, you know, we're not, you know, not just Fernandez and Ronaldo yeah. anymore. It's, you know, Renato Sanchez and um, Belgium. Belgium's real old. They had their chance, the golden yeah. generation, and it's gone. gone. Yeah, it's Isn't that old. when it usually happens, though? When they're like, it's they're past their prime, and all of a sudden they finally make their run? Isn't yeah, that- maybe semifinals. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but that doesn't mean they're winning it. Yeah, I like Brazil. Yeah, they so, so have the odds for me. I think they're going to crush people. Yeah, I mean, there's this prediction. whole thing, you know, they European teams people. can't win in South America and South American teams can't win in Europe, but we're not in either. We're in Qatar. And it's now changed their name to Qatar. Qatar. And they, <laughs> they, at last minute now you can drink in the stadiums. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, there's the same thing that happened in Brazil, right? Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, no, yeah, Bud Rise, yeah. like, we made it a local district temporary for these two weeks. Yeah. You, you can't stop Anheuser Busch. I mean, no. that's like cannot stop the horses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Clydesdales. <laughs> Overrule. Overrule. <laughs> right. All right, man. Okay. I, I think well, we- so it's going to be great. So you know, maybe no ATL uh, in the playoffs this year, but we'll talk some World Cup. We can, you know, console ourselves with the idea that we have the World Cup, and honestly. If Burhalter could really coach, the U.S. does have one of the better squads. We have a phenomenal squad. I mean, Robinson is a huge blow. We have no answer for, for yeah. losing him. But um, we do have a terrific team. The yeah. best team that we've had ever in the World Cup, ever. Um, you know, our best finish in the modern era was under Bruce Arena, the quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, I think the real problem, though, for the U.S., though, is like, you can put there's three players you would put at the top of performance right now. You've got uh McKenney, Weston McKenney, right? Yeah, terrific. Pulisic. Yep. And uh uh Brendan Aronson, I would put as our top three. Hmm. Um in terms of 
guns blazing right now. I think those are our three going into the World Cup. You look at other teams, like you mentioned a couple of them, like even France, right? Like you got Benzema, Pogba, Mbappe. Like you're talking like different level. Like you just talk about Mbappe and Benzema, period. Just stop right there at those two. Like that is such a level above Pulisic and anybody else. Like Pulisic here, Mbappe and Benzema, like – yeah, but fair, but different we, stratosphere. But we have some young players who might just have the chutzpah, no, you know, to no. kind of do it. No, like no, a Claudio, no, 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 like no, no, a Giorena. No, the no. difference is, is no Benzema here. I get that. Mbappe here. As much as I dislike some of these guys, you know what I mean. It's but just, when France won their first um, World Cup, mm-hmm. right? They had unknown players who turned out to be Thierry Henry and Trezeguet, and you know. Patrick Vieira, and they were only okay. 19, 21-year-old kids at the time. Yeah. Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams. Yeah. Um, Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna. Even I mean, Pulisic, I mean, he's still could, 20. Are they going to be those guys? I don't Brenners, know, but yeah. I don't think they're maybe that kind of quality, but they have just the, the naivete, you know, if you will, to be not awed by the big stage and to be like, we're here to yeah. play. Right, we I can mean, score goals. Brendan Aronson doesn't give a hoot. If Weston we McKinney doesn't coach. doesn't give a hoot, yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. he's oh, he does. None of the, neither one of those guys are thinking about what. And Tyler Adams will go kick you around. Yeah. I mean, and they have n- none of those them. players are thinking about what their ceiling is. You know what I mean? They're just out there grinding, right? So who knows where Tim they can Weah go? Tim Weah can really show up. Way is fantastic off the bench, yeah. you know, maybe or uh, Musa has been terrific. Been, yeah, Musa and Weah, good calls. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's and we have attacking talent even down the flanks. Anthony Robertson, well, Serginho Dest, even Turner. I'll throw Turner into that mix. Yeah, he's now an Arsenal. We we have a goalkeeping. Well, Turner's evidently going to get a lot of gameplay and here. The because center back. We have no answer to Robinson going out. So him and you know um, we were we were set when he was there, but um, with him and Zimmerman, but um, we have no answer to losing him. Yeah. Nobody has stepped up. All right. You've heard it here, people. So what's what's your prediction for the U.S.? My prediction is we don't make it out of the group. And it's disappointing. It's hard because Burhalter is likely to, you know. You didn't expect that from me, did you? No. To be the pessimist. No, no, I wasn't. I'll, I'll take the over on that. Because I, I think even with Burhalter, our team is, you know, England doesn't scare me. Wales is terrible. Um, we're going to get out of our group. Iran. We might win our group. Iran and England. Got to get. Those are tough. Two Iran's tough games. not good. Wales is not good. England is good, but I think England. I'm really down on there. They are all we're, kinds of problems. We're undefeated against England. Yeah. So yeah, I think we, got we that might going win our group. Although Burhalter will find a way. Yeah. So yeah. I say we win our group, and I. This team is talented enough to be a quarterfinal team. So do you think Gio's back, locked in for the lineup? Yeah, he's been starting for Dortmund. Yeah, but does Greg Berhalter make him part of the team? <laughs> Who knows? First, maybe we should see our squad before we make predictions. Yeah. And on that note, coaching-wise, yeah. yeah, I think we've talked about it all. All right, people. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah.